the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I want to ride that wave. I want to take that drop. Not going to happen. Why not? Because untrained boys don't step in the ring with Mike Tyson. That's why. Right now I'm surfing every single day, right? So if Shut I Shut up, hit- all right? Now, I know how good you are. I've seen you out there. You surf circles around those other kids. But those are normal waves. Surfing normal waves is about how you perform when everything goes right. A big wave surfing, that's a different ball game. That's about how you perform when everything goes wrong. And welcome to the main event. Yes, life is about what happens when everything goes wrong. How you handle how you handle yourself in life. You know, uh, I love that clip from uh, Chasing Mavericks because it is so pertinent to everything that's going on. Especially especially when we look at the uh, when we look at the uh, presidential election. You know, and you look at at Trump's experience and Carly Fiorina's experience and Ben Carson's experience and every all the politicians' experience. It's all about it's all about what's gonna. It, you know. Anybody can be anybody can be a great president when things are going good. The question is how they handle things when things are going bad, and things in this country are going bad for a lot of people. You know, uh, tax tax week is next week for those of us that uh, that uh, filed an extension. And I'll tell you, for me, I just got my taxes back from my tax guy. <sighs> Was not good. Was not good. So anyway, uh, I guess that's uh, I guess that's because I'm blessed to be uh, doing well. I just don't like having to give that much of it back to uh, Obama, so he can give it to the lazy people. I don't mind it going to the uh, to the uh, to our veterans and to our police people and to our teachers, but everybody else can just stay out of my life and stay out of my money. So anyway, uh, you know, talking about things that uh, go good and go bad. Uh, I'm a I'm a lender, and I'll tell you that anybody out there can do easy loans. The thing about wholesale capital, which I haven't introduced yet, but the thing about wholesale capital is, is we know every loan has a roadblock and we just expect them and we know how to get around them. So we make we make things happen for you. So anyway, so with that, let me introduce myself before we go on to talk about everything that's going on in this country. My name's Ed Hoffman, President, Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Moreno Valley, also offices in Temecula, Corona, Orange, Downey, and Westlake Village to service all of Southern California for all your real estate financing needs. If you are interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, day or night, toll-free, 855-640-2020. If you want to hear, uh, if you want to uh, communicate but you don't want to talk verbally, uh, go to edhoffman.net. 
uh, hit the apply now button and uh, put how much information you want to give us and how much uh, information you want back from us. And you'll hear back from uh, either myself or one of my teammates, uh, Matt Bradbury, uh, Alex Rojas, Randy Sampius, or Justin Clark, and we will help you get dialed in. If you hear something that you want to hear replayed, you can also on edhoffman.net, click on list the main event, hear this show and four past shows, or uh, get us on podcast on uh, iTunes. Go to iTunes, search Ed Hoffman, and you can subscribe for free, have it download to your iPhone, your iWatch, your iPad, your iPod, your computer, or whatever else device you can use with iTunes, and uh, then you can listen at your leisure whenever time you want, wherever you want, whatever you want to do. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And you can like our show on fa- uh, like our like the show on Facebook. Just Facebook search the main event five ninety. Find the show and uh, read my weekly columns in IE Business Daily as well. And click the open the opinion tab, and you'll see my full list of columns. So uh, let's talk about what's going on. Uh, oh, first before we uh, get into the coming attraction or the to the the national events. Uh, this week we opened up something called TRID in the mortgage business. And I know a lot of people have heard about it and they said, Oh, what? This is the biggest change to the mortgage business in the last 10, 20, 30 years. And it has been. And, uh, for the most part, it won't change anything. If you're a borrower, won't change much of anything other than how many papers you have to sign. Um, it's just a lot more regulations. It doesn't do anything to help the borrower. Um, but it does, does give the, uh, the consumer financial protection bureau a a lot more opportunities to find us if we screw up. So uh, the moral of the story is I guess it's a good thing because I had to hire about 20 or 30 more people to make sure that we could get the same amount of disclosures out to you guys and make sure we don't screw up. Uh, so we don't. Uh, so I guess it created 20 or 30 more jobs in Reno Valley. So uh, with with that, if you're uh, if you need to get financing, refinance, purchase, uh, don't fear what's going on. None of none of the changes really affected the borrowers. Other than uh, you're going to get a lot more emails and a lot more disclosures and a lot more things to sign. Uh, other than that, everything's a change. So anyway, let's talk about what's going on this week in the studio. I have with me my favorite sidekicks, Mr. Scott McAfee, proprietor of, Scott, of Don's Bikes in uh, Rialto and Redlands. Scott, welcome back to the house. Yo, Ed, it's great to be back in the house. So, uh, so we got a lot to talk about. Where, where should we begin? Tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. Well, I will say this: that last night. Um, there was a uh, something that came to my attention, and it, it just made me so angry. I wanted to put my fist through the computer screen. And that was the fact that uh, apparently Mr. Benjamin Netanyahu, Prime Minister of Israel, came and spoke at the United Nations recently, within the past week. And uh, apparently our representative for the U.N., a lady named Samantha Power, as well as John Kerry, were scheduled to be there. And Obama pulled him out. So they refused, basically under Obama's orders, to listen to the speech of Benjamin Netanyahu. And I'm thinking, really? Are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, I can't believe this, that it's not enough that we put together this cockamamie deal with Iran that's endangering Israel, but then we have to turn around and spit in Israel's face uh, and rub it in. It's, it's beyond belief. And, and Ed, I, I don't like using profanity. I think it's kind of unprofessional. I don't even like hearing other people use it either. I do it all the time. Yeah, I know. But it's it's kind of like... I think they're passion words. Well, yeah. and and But I think there is a time where it is appropriate. And I'd love to go off on, on a tangent right now. But I realize that we're on the air. And you'd have to go back and edit all that nasty stuff out. So I won't do that. But this was on from Breitbart. It said oh, Ambas- all right. Ambassador Samantha Power and John Kerry were unable to attend Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu's speech before the General Assembly. 
Assembly because they were called into a meeting with President Obama, which they participated in via video teleconference. So they didn't show up. So what that means is that when Netanyahu spoke, there was that little chair with a little sign that said United States, and there was nobody in there. How lame. How pathetic. I can't believe that this is like a new low for me. And, and it's like they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to see the truth with the Planned Parenthood videos, and they don't want to hear the truth from, uh, from Netanyahu either. Yeah, and it's a new, it's a new low. It's really not a new low for Obama. It's just another, another example uh, another example of what a what a low life piece of dog excrement this guy is. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I was that disrespectful to Obama? I'm sorry. He doesn't deserve any respect. He's 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 just what I said. Well, since President Obama didn't want to hear what Mr. Netanyahu said, we've got a little clip just so everybody can hear what let's, Mr. Netanyahu let's said. Let's play it for him. Seventy years after the murder of six million Jews. Iran's rulers promised to destroy my country, murder my people, and the response from this body, the response from nearly every one of the governments represented here has been absolutely nothing, utter silence. Deafening silence. It's disgusting. He's telling the truth. Yep, yep. And and I did want to at least say one thing that I think a lot of people have maybe thought of, but I haven't heard anybody say this. So allow me to be the first. Israel's not going to sit around and let Iran get a bomb that they can use on them. It's not going to happen. If you look at the history of Israel... Uh, from its inception, Israel was under attack almost from, from its inception back in 1948. Uh, look at 1967, the Six Day War. You had nine nations Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, Algeria, Kuwait, Sudan, Saudi Arabia, and Iraq all attempting to destroy Israel. They had armies amassed on Israel's border with the intention of killing every man, woman, and child in this tiny little country about the size of New Hampshire. Do you know what happened? In six days, Israel cleaned their clocks. It actually was almost over in less than six days. It took them a couple of hours to destroy the Egyptian Air Force. Um, if this doesn't show you one thing, the Israelis are a bad, and I, I wish I could use the A word on the air, but I can't. They're a bad A nation with bad A people, and they have a bad A as their prime minister, and they're not going to just let this happen. Yeah, I think we should open trade with Israel and trade presidents. I think, uh, I think even, uh, you know, I would make an exception for Bibi Netanyahu, the, the fact that he's not born in the United States, or was he? Not that I'm aware of. I think I think maybe he was. Now that I, now that I bring that now that I say that out loud, it makes me wonder wonder because maybe I think I uh, heard that maybe he was. But anyway, he's an Israeli citizen. But uh, um, I would I would happily have a guy with a backbone in the White House leading our country and make us feel proud again. Make us help us make America great again. Uh, oh wait, that's that's Trump. Well, with a bit of luck, we will get a good person in there the next time around. And all I can say in, in conclusion is, look, if you're Jewish, like like your sister, and you're and you voted for this guy, you should be ashamed of yourself. Um, you should be embarrassed. And and please don't vote that way again. 
Oh, okay. He wasn't born in the United States. Hey, you know what? Now I even have now I even have Scott insulting my sister. Awesome. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, it's it's a fact. I don't know how else to say this. I don't know how else to say this other than this is a disgrace. And if you care at all about Israel and the things that are going on and and the fact that we just boycotted uh, Netanyahu's speech, uh, it's disgusting. I think uh, I think it's it's what you said is absolute absolute truth. What's going to happen is. Israel's not. You know what? The president has has the responsibility to protect us from uh, from our foreign foreign enemies and enforce the laws. That's it. That's all that we need the government for. And Netanyahu understands that that his responsibility is to protect his people. He he's not responsible to Obama or any of the other countries to to go along with any of their plans. And he won't. He won't. He'll protect. And I think. Uh, um, and then, then we'll see if if, uh, Obama, if it happens before Obama's out of office. We'll see if if he's got the backbone to back him up. So let's go. Let's go on to everything else that's going on in this country this week. Uh, Roseburg, the Roseburg. We talk, talked about this last week um, about the Roseburg, uh, the the massacre um, where the where the kid, the twenty year old white kid that turned out to be a twenty six year old. Um, he looks black or Muslim or something to me. He's certainly not white. Um, kid that went in and murdered. Uh, how what was the final number? Nine, nine people I dead. Believe, and- I believe so. Yeah, I guess his mom is black and dad's white. And like, does and does this even matter? And he and he obviously was not. You know, I tweeted out there. I said, hey, the fact that they're not telling us leads us to believe he's either he, this guy's either uh, black or Muslim because those are the only two uh, groups that Obama will actually come out ahead of ahead of anything. He always wants to lead from behind. So uh, so in the picture, he looks black or muslim and apparently he shot people that were uh shot people that were christian and uh so let's talk about what's going on with it last week's the the shooting in roseburg uh oregon uh in roseburg oregon it has the president and his allies once again using the tragedy as a platform for their agenda the agenda of course being gun control i don't understand that gun control i i said we should we should ban uh we should ban uh, college kids because that's where it's happening, and, and high school kids because of uh, Columbine and and uh, all the other things. All the other things that we could say. Okay, uh, you might recall hearing the president say say at this event, which killed nine people and injured nine others, is something. This is something we should politicize, but it looks like the, the residents of Roseburg aren't going to let him. Here's the father of Anna Boylan, who I talked about last week. How he re, how what his what he said about it on Megyn Kelly's show. Well, I do believe it was Rahm Emanuel who said, never let a good tragedy go to waste. And I really feel that his visit here is uh, completely to support his gun control agenda. Um, I, I can't understand why he wouldn't make a mention of the families and the victims. I mean, he did that say it was a tragic you know, incident. And I do thank him for lowering the flags. But he made it all about gun control, and he was very clear about that. And, and you know, we saw this in Sandy Hook, and now we're seeing it again. And I just question his, his motives. Yeah, I do too. You know, what, what, is he, what is he going there for? Well, it is to promote his agenda, obviously. And it's kind of interesting. I came across a little comment by Dennis D'Souza, who said, if the Oregon shooter had targeted Muslims instead of Christians, Obama would personally do the eulogy and declare a national day of mourning. Yep, that's that is a fact. You know, Obama's so so transparent. 
So, you know, he tries, he tries, he says he's transparent about what he's doing, but he's not. But he's so transparent to those of us that have our eyes open and actually pay attention that he, what, what his agenda is. Then uh, earlier in the week, the publisher of the local newspaper, the Roseburg Beacon, told Bill O'Reilly that the community would not welcome Obama to their city. Well, the bottom line, uh, Bill, is that a number of people believe that when the president opened his press conference, we still haven't finished counting the bodies on the campus right behind me. We haven't identified whose children were killed and whose were not. And even at that same moment, he is saying some people will accuse me of politicizing this issue. And he goes on to say, but it should be. So he not only acknowledged that it could be politicized, he was doing so deliberately. So now he wants to come to our community and stand on the corpses of our loved ones to make some kind of a political point, and it isn't going to be well received, not by our people, not by the families, and not even by our elected officials. And of course, the mayor and the city councilman went on Megan's show and said that that uh, this guy didn't represent their city, and the president was actually welcome, despite whatever their personal feelings were. You know, uh, we're recording on Thursday afternoon instead of Friday, and so he's supposed to be in Roseburg on Friday. We'll see if we'll see if Obama actually follows through and shows up. In a place where he's not wanted. You know, I could be wrong, Ed, but it doesn't sound like these folks want him there. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I think he should stay home. You know, if go play golf. I won't even show up at a party if I'm not invited, much less if people tell me not to come. Hey, hey, Ed, we don't want you at our party. Even if you bring a big bottle of Patron, well, if you bring a big bottle of Patron, maybe. Okay, then Ben Carson. Ben Carson made his comments on it, and we got a whole bunch of stuff from Ben Carson. He's uh, he's getting some he's getting some some uh, airtime there. So he joined the discussion on Fox and Friends. He was asked to to react to Obama's politicizing this. Imagine a politician politicizing something. When do we get to the point where we have people who actually want to solve our problems? rather than just politicize everything. I think that's what the American people are so sick and tired of. Yeah, but you never hate, uh, you hate to let a good crisis go to waste. They certainly, the politicians, right. I mean, they are feasting on it. But right. Dr. Carson, would you go? If the, if the people of the community say, don't go, would you still go if you're president on Friday? Uh, probably not. I mean, I would probably have so many things on my agenda that I'd go to the next one. Sure. Um, if the people don't want you to come, isn't isn't this about the people? Yep. This whole country of, for, and by the people. Why don't people understand that? I don't understand. I would understand that. It's like, like, uh, hey, you know what? What am I? What am I going there for? Nobody wants me there, but Obama just thinks everybody likes me. Well, as always, a lot of words from co- of common sense from Ben Carson, the number two candidate on the Republican side. And he's he's getting a lot of uh, media. Uh, he's getting attacked a lot, which uh, that's usually a good indication when the liberal left's attacking you, uh, like I think we hear in some of the following clips. Uh, that indicates you're doing the right thing. Exactly. And then uh, he went on to talk about gun control. With all of these gun control plans, I'm a very reasonable person. I, I don't get in the corner and just, you know, stonewall. If you can show me how that's going to stop these things. I'm, I'm willing to listen to it. Anything that they've proposed doesn't stop any mm-hmm. of this. We need to be studying these individuals, being able to figure out who is the dangerous person so we can intervene, not only to save the lives of people who are being shot, but to save the life of the Are you alluding children. to mental health? That, because there's a theory. It's not the gun. It's the person behind the gun. Is of, that your heart of, on of it? Of course it is the person behind the gun. Guns don't kill people. And the Second Amendment is extremely important. And, you know, uh, Daniel Webster said America would never suffer tyranny because the people are armed. Yeah, you know what? I, I, would, I wonder what would happen if uh, if 
those college kids were there, and a handful of them were armed and had concealed carry permits. And uh, you know, after after the kid walked in and and said he wanted to do this, waited a long time to do this, and shot the teacher, and all the kids realize what's going on. If someone just pulls out a gun, pulls out a gun out of her purse, or pulls a gun off of his hip, and just unloads a clip at the guy. You know, hey, I got a gun. I realize what's going on. Bam, 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 bam. And there's, well, there's been plenty of instances where armed citizens have prevented a lot of this kind of stuff. So, look, it's a complicated issue. Um, it does seem that where gun rights are more available, like in Texas and Arizona and other states, there's less of this kind of stuff going on. Oh, absolutely. In, uh, in Arizona, it's open carry. I just, I just think uh, I think, uh, I think we should stop stop worrying about making laws because the people that break laws don't care about what laws are out there. Yep. So Brian Kilmeade asked him about the common thread between all these mass shootings and mental illness, which being a neurosurgeon, a brain surgeon, he should have some opinion on. Well, look at how many of the others have been unbalanced. We're seeing psychiatrists, etc. We need a better way of categorizing, identifying, without stigmatizing people. Right. Yes. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, imagine that. Look how many others are, are mentally unbalanced. People that shoot people are unbalanced. Most all of them. Yeah, that's pretty true. That was a pretty, that was a pretty uh, uh, controversial statement. Uh, he also made a controversial uh, remark about how he feels the victims should have reacted. Can't say I, can't say I disagree. Not only would I probably not cooperate with them, I would... I would not just stand there and let him shoot me. I would say, hey, guys, everybody attack him. He may shoot me, but he can't get us all. And, uh, and within, within hours, Carson received criticisms for his remarks and was forced to spend the day defending himself. Uh, here's how, here, here he is being asked by CBS's Nora O'Donnell. What did you mean when you said, I would not just stand there? I want to plant in people's minds what to do in a situation like this because... Unfortunately, this is probably not going to be the last time this happens. Mm -hmm. Do and you believe the victims in Oregon just stood there? Uh, from the indications that I got, they did not rush the shooter. The shooter can only shoot one person at a time. He cannot shoot a whole group of people. And uh, so the ideal is overwhelm him so that not everybody gets killed. Yeah, you know what? I think, uh, I think we've seen enough of this stuff. Between 9-11 and seeing what happened in 9-11, I know when Don, Don and I fly, if we fly more than an hour, hour or two, we fly first class, so we're up near the up near the front of the airplane. And we sit down and I watch. I watch people. And I'll tell you, I stereotype and, uh, and uh, what do you call it, a racially profile. And if I see Muslim people coming up, sorry, Muslim people, but, you know, not all the ter not all Muslims are terrorists, but all the terrorists are Muslims. So if you're Muslim, you're sitting in first class in the same plane as me. I'm keeping my eye on you and I'm not a small guy. So uh, and I just assume I, I kind of size it up and say, if I see somebody head towards the, the cockpit thing, I'm I'm ready. Who I, I don't I don't take a window seat. And you grab the mic and announce that to the rest of the plane? Uh, no, I just, I just, <laughs> I just quietly think it. And, All right. And you know, I, I size up who's, who are the other big guys? And you know, of course, we try to also look. Who do you think the air marshal is on this plane? You know, who's, who's going to be? I don't know if they have air marshals on every plane, but I assume they do. 
right. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Obviously, I'm going to Israel in a week, and I'm flying an El Al. That's like the safest airline in the world. Nobody ever does Can nothing wrong know, with because they escort you on that plane with machine guns, and they ask you all kinds of questions like, where are you going here for? You know, and they'll profile you and stereotype you and whatever else it takes to keep that plane safe because they know what the consequences are. Yeah, and the and the point the point that's that's being made here, and the point that that Ben Carson's made is people are starting to starting to be aware of what's going on out there. Uh, I heard I heard the story this morning that one of the one of the three was it three guys in France that France uh, France train ride that some uh, terrorists started shooting it up, and uh, three uh, I think they're uh, navy navy guys, um, American military guys in France. Um, jumped him and and kept him from killing a bunch of people, and one of them got stabbed today, thir- on Thursday morning. And I'm saying, hey, you know what? I'm 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 coming to the radio station on Thursday afternoon. I'm saying, did they announce who stabbed him? Was this retaliation? Was it a Muslim person? You know, because it the he they took out a Muslim uh, a Muslim. Uh, uh, jihadi, a jihadi, a, a terrorist, and but they haven't talked about it, and it's been like ten hours since they, since since it happened. So I suspect that something isn't being told just about now. Are you saying the politically correct police are in force? I think someone's trying to keep a lid on it. And I think people should be aware of of what's going on. And when you find yourself in a theater, in a theater, and some guy steps in from the from the uh, the exit door, and you hear a, a a gun cock, you know, you or you're in a in a classroom or you're somewhere else. People are. I mean, I, they, you know, they when I'm in the, in the theater, even you start looking because this stuff happens. This stuff happens now. We need to be aware of it because. Our country has suddenly become not very safe. So as Ben Carson said, be aware of what's going on and be ready to react because doing nothing gets you killed. Yep. Hey, we're out of time for part one. We're going to come back after five minutes of uh, some commercials and and, uh, traffic and weather. And we're going to talk about our favorite uh, cartoon character, Hillary. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I can't wait. And we're back with part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. If you need mortgage financing, you want to talk to somebody with a brain that thinks like you. And if you're listening to this show, you must think like me because you'd turn the channel already if you didn't. Uh, you turn on something senseless. Uh, then call me toll free at 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020. If you need forward, you need mortgages to buy, you need for mortgages to refi, or if you need a reverse mortgage. Hey, you know what? I did a reverse mortgage this week and, and, uh, for a guy who's got a real healthy retirement and, uh, they're buying a new house and they could afford their payment. And you know what? And what? And what he said? And I hadn't thought of this angle. He said, you know what? The reason I want a reverse mortgage is not because I can't afford it. Because it saves me about a thousand dollars a month, and I can take less. I can take a smaller systematic withdrawal from my four hundred one k or from my IRA, and I don't have to claim. I don't have to pay taxes on as much income. Folks, think about that. If you're retired, there's a good reason to take a, a reverse mortgage. On top of the other other reasons that reverse mortgage is a great tool. If you need it, eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. So in the studio with me, Scott McAfee, uh, proprietor of Don's Bikes. If you didn't hear part one, and uh, we're about to talk about. Hillary. Yeah, Hillary. Um, She's all over the news this week. She is. She is. Um, and I got. I just want to open with one thing real quick, though, Ed. I know that you are the only radio talk show host that I have ever heard refer to Hillary Clinton as Satan. Um, 
And I got to tell you, I think that's kind of extreme. It's offensive. I think we sort of need to tone down our rhetoric here on the show. So I've come up with four new terms that we can use to describe Hillary Clinton. Toned down from Satan? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you ready? I can't wait. Okay, the first one is Lucifer. <laughs> the first one is B. Be- the second one is Beeslebub. The third one is the Antichrist. And this is for the benefit of our Spanish-speaking listeners. The fourth one is El Diablo. El Diablo. El Diablo. And by the way, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, the literal translation of El Diablo is old white lady who wears bad pantsuits. <laughs> okay? Okay. So, that's that. so let's, uh, let's get underway and talk about Satan, at least, shall at we? Least we? At least we don't want to call her Satan. No, let's no. That's, her, that's offensive. Let's call her words that mean Satan. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, Hillary Clinton was on Saturday Night Live this week. And uh, Hillary made a cameo in a sketch that had her playing a bartender named Val. Kate McKinnon uh, played the part of Hillary Clinton. She's playing Hillary Clinton, going to a bar where Hillary Clinton's paying the bartender Val. Um, you can tell how it's really this. Hillary Clinton could, if she doesn't win president, she could be a stand up comedian. Well, this is the new funny Hillary that their campaign's been promising us. The so new, I couldn't wait to see it. The new likable and funny Hillary. Yes. Let's play her. Hi. I'm Hillary Rodham Clinton. Hey, great name. I'm Val. So, Hillary, what brings you here tonight? Well, I needed to blow off some steam. I've had a hard couple of 22 years. Why? What do you do for a living? Well, first, I'm a grandmother. And second, I am a human entrusted with this one green earth. Oh, I get it. You're a politician. Yes, yes. And uh, how about you? Uh, Well, me? I'm just an ordinary citizen who believes the Keystone Pipeline will destroy our environment. She sounds so natural. Um, The first word that comes to my mind is awkward. Yeah, exactly. Awkward. Then she goes on to uh, pull out an impression of Donald Trump. Oh, Val. I'm just so darn bummed. All anyone wants to talk about is Donald Trump. Donald Trump? Isn't he the one that's like, uh, you're all losers? Yeah. Uh, sorry, Hillary, that was actually Rocky Balboa. Yo, Adrian, huh? Hey, you know, did you hear about the, <laughs> the new uh, Rocky movie, uh, Creed, coming out? No, I have not. He's going to be training. Yeah, uh, Sylvester Stallone, I, he, I don't think he wrote this movie, but he's he's guy who knows how to keep a franchise going. That's just overdone. I think, uh, I think we have another clip of... Yeah, uh, we do. If you can't tell by now, Hillary is about as funny as hemorrhoids, but we've got one more clip in case you're not convinced. This- there is nothing easy about this. Anybody who tries to tell you, hey, when I get there, everything will be fine. I mean, I, I have to admit, Donald Trump is entertaining. I have to tell you. <laughs> same sort of mentality like oh listen i don't need to tell you anything when i get there peace will be breaking out everywhere prosperity will be raining down upon you we will have the new age well i would like to uh, but i don't think that's how a uh, great democracy makes its decisions about who's going to lead us yeah just to laugh a minute hillary uh, that yeah, was just it, awful. It sounded, <laughs> sounded, sounded more like Barack Obama. It, Yo, we're just going to be nice to everybody and everybody's going to start loving us. It did sound a lot more like Obama, actually. But you know what? There's good news for Hillary's comedic career, Ed, is that, and I was going to share this with you on the air. This is kind of a big announcement. They've actually hired me to write some of her comedy lines from here on out. So I've got a couple. Now, this is kind of top secret. They're paying me a lot of money to do this. So these are three comedic lines that I figured only Hillary could deliver well. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, the first one is, the maid was cleaning my house the other day when she accidentally scrubbed my server with a cloth. 
We haven't even got to the email part yet. Nope. Go ahead. Here's another one. There I was in Bosnia surrounded by snipers when I looked at them and said, hey, are you guys upset about a video? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, here's the last one. These are a good one. All right. When Bill was president, he told me he had a meeting with his chief of staff. I walk into the room, and there he is with Monica Lewinsky. (laughs) <laughs> that one was good. All right, thank you. That one was. These really are Hillary good. jokes that I think uh, I think she'll deliver well. So I like. There's a little. There's a little sneak peek. I like. I like the one. Uh, I like the one. The last time Hillary had a job, she outsourced it to Monica Lewinsky. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but it hasn't been all fun and games for Hillary th- no. this last week. You know, House House Majority Leader, which I guess we should throw in the House Majority Leader that just took himself out of contention for Speaker of the House. Over over this uh, comment he made, um, Kevin McCarthy made comments on on Fox News that have been interpreted as an admission that the Congressional Committee on Benghazi was a political ploy to derail Hillary President's Clinton, uh, Hil- Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. Let's hear what he said. I think listen to this clip the first time, and then in the next clip after that, we're going to play play how they clipped it to put into one of Hillary's commercials. And I think there's a distinct difference. It's only like one little extra line at the end. But go ahead and play it. Everybody thought Hillary Clinton was unbeatable, right? But we put together a Benghazi special committee, a select committee. What are her numbers today? Her numbers are dropping. Why? Because she's untrustable. Why? Because she's untrustable. Why? Because people like me. M-I-C-K. Okay. So, uh, so, you know, and why? Because she's untrustable. Uh, I don't think... Well, first of all, Kevin McCarthy has a voice like he's a Trump, doesn't he? <laughs> and he's from California. Yep. I didn't get that. Okay. I didn't get it. so so uh so for everyone that thought that uh at Hillary so then he uh let me get on to this this next one. So now Hillary's using this part of part of that clip as part of her ammunition in a commercial. Uh let's play the uh the uh the uh, campaign commercial she released. The Republicans finally admit it. Republican Kevin McCarthy saying the committee investigating Benghazi and Clinton's emails was created to destroy her candidacy. Everybody thought Hillary Clinton was unbeatable, right? But we put together a Benghazi special committee. What are her numbers today? Republicans have spent millions attacking Hillary because she's fighting for everything they oppose, from affordable health care to equal pay. She'll never stop fighting for you, and the Republicans know it. She's fighting for everything people care for. No, they left out that little piece that what Kevin said. Why are they? Why are they? Uh, why are they falling? Because she's untrustable. Exactly. Sounds like one of those peanut butter and jelly things. Uncrustable. <laughs> so, um, I think you know it's the Hillary Clinton thing. That hey, blame it on blame it on the attack thing. Blame it on hey, the the, the Republicans are coming after me. And then talk about that she's fighting for what you care about, like health care and equal pay. I thought we got Obamacare. We already have that. We already have crappy health care. Twice the price and half the, half the care. And, uh, and prices are going up. And equal pay. I saw, I saw a thing on uh, Bloomberg where they were doing a, like a, uh, a mastermind group or a, uh, a focus group. And, and I, I hear a girl go, she just, she just doesn't represent me. And I don't feel unequal. 
But no, I did hear that comment. And I'd like to rant on this one for just a moment because it is my job as a political analyst on the main event. Now that I am one of the most respected political analysts in the country, I've actually come to a conclusion on the Hillary email scandal thing. And I don't need to listen to any more talking head attorneys on the news to 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 reach this conclusion. But look, there's no way out of this. There is no way out of this mess for her. She's like a big fat rat stuck in a trap. And I can prove it in three questions. You ready? Yep. Okay, number one. Did she have sensitive, top secret, and classified information on a personal email? Yes. Okay. Is that a federal crime? Yes. Okay. Was there an attempt, an obvious attempt, to hide it or cover it up? Yes. Okay. Uh, case closed. This thing is done and over. And I'm sure there will be comments like, well, Scott, but the Justice Department may not go after him after all because it is, it is Obama's administration. It doesn't matter. Um, this lady is in deep, deep trouble. And I got to tell you, Ed, I think if you would have asked me, Scott, come up with a scandal that could derail Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. I don't think I could have come up with something this good. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think I could either. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that's amazing to me and, and and I don't know how everybody else feels, but I sit there and I watch these things on TV and I think about it. And and I don't just listen to what Megyn Kelly and Hannity and all these people and O'Reilly and what they say or any of the guests on their show or on any other station. I don't I don't listen to them. I think about it myself and I say, how could she think as the secretary of state that something somebody wasn't going to that 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 there wasn't going to be something sent to her as the secretary of state? For the United States of America, that there wouldn't be something that would be classified. Because where else would they send it to somebody? If, there, if there's something going on with another country, and it has to do with our relations between our country and another country, where else would they send it? And she sets up this server thinking, well, hey, it was, nothing was, 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 uh, was marked classified. Well, what if it was marked classified? Once they send it to your server, it's there. Well, we're not talking just a little bit secret, you know. We're talking like major, major things that endanger the lives of all of us. Uh, imagine if there was classified information about maybe operatives we have in other countries. Uh, and apparently there was some stuff in there about the location of Ambassador Stevens. That might have led to his death, for all we know. And while, and while we talk about that, let's listen to her on uh, on she was on the Today Show where yep. Savannah Guthrie asked her what she would do if the tables were turned. And this... This almost sounds like, at this point, what difference would it make? Go ahead and play the clip. We'll tell you when to stop. You mentioned your Republican rivals making hay of this. Right. I have to ask you, if the tables were turned and it was Dick Cheney or Karl Rove who had a private email account and a private server on which they conducted all their government business, would you be as understanding? I would never have done that. Look at the look at the situation they chose to exploit to go after me for political reasons. The death of four Americans in Benghazi. I knew the ambassador. I identified him. I asked him to go there. I asked the president to nominate him. Stop. Been seven- Stop right there. Look at what they're choosing. I knew the ambassador. Well, that doesn't, so that doesn't mean you cared about him. I asked him to go there. That doesn't mean that you cared if he got killed. Uh, I asked the president to send him there. Yeah. And when he asked you for security, you didn't do a damn thing about it. Yeah, it was, it was awful. Let's play the second part of that clip, too, because it's got some, some good stuff in it. 
seven investigations led mostly by Republicans in the Congress, and they were nonpartisan, and they reached conclusions that, first of all, I and nobody did anything wrong, but there were changes we could make. This committee was set up, as they have admitted, for the purpose of making a partisan political issue out of the deaths of four Americans. I would have never done that. And if I were president and there were Republicans or Democrats who were thinking about that, I would have done everything to shut it down. Yeah. Let's see. What's the date she's testifying on uh, live TV? October the 22nd, I actually. It, I I've got it, that circle. I think it was October the 22nd, too. Yep. I have that on my calendar. Yep. And it's getting kind of close because, uh, you know, it's like uh, 10 days away. But if I was the president, wink, wink, I would shut it down. I would shut it down. Wink, wink. Because I don't know how else I'm going to get out of it unless someone comes in and shuts it down. That's right. The way uh, the way Obama did when, uh, when uh, the Fast and Furious got a little bit tense for Eric Holder. Yep. I don't know if anybody remembers that. No, probably not. Uh, you know, look, and I'm not saying she's going to jail, Ed, but what I am saying is that the next time she goes shopping for one of those ugly pantsuits, she may want to check and see what they have in the color orange. Yeah, exactly. And you know what's amazing is, hey, they did this whole this whole investigation just to make a political statement and to get in the way. They didn't start the Benghazi thing to go after her emails. Right. They started it because they wanted to find out what did what did what did Hillary Clinton and Susan Rice and Barack Obama know that they lied to the American public about this being a a terrorist attack. Uh, was it uh, about six weeks before the presidential election? As Barack Obama's telling everybody that, hey, remember this? Uh, Osama bin Laden's dead and GM is alive. And, uh, you know, we, we got terrorists on the run and uh, there's no more terrorism in this, in this world. And then the terrorists killed four guys in Benghazi and they couldn't admit it was terrorism, so they blamed it on a little video. The Benghazi committee is to find out who knew what. How come there was no? How come there was no uh, security there when when apparently uh, Chris Stevens had asked for it? How come when they asked for help, somebody said uh, hold back? There's so much to this, and the one thing that Hillary Clinton and she said it all in an earlier part of that interview with Samantha Guthrie. Um, one of the things that she'd said was that these things I did were allowed. Um, Having your own person, what she's talking about is having her own personal email account. Of course, it's allowed to have your own personal email account. What is not allowed is to have classified, sensitive, top secret information on your personal email account. I like how she uses that kind of Clinton-esque sort of sleight of words, a sleight of hand with words, uh, just to try and make it look like she hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah, and in in a continuation of what I said, that they started they started investigating this to find out. What really happened? Why wasn't there security? Why wasn't this? The email thing was they found out accidentally because they asked for her emails. And uh, Trey Gowdy and his committee happened to notice that, uh, hey, this isn't a, uh, a uh, statedepartment.gov email. It wasn't on a secured server. It's on uh, clinton.com or clinton.net or whatever whatever it was that uh that they set up and and it and as we're finding now is there's been access you know it had it was being run by a company called uh, was it Platte River I, I guess some ho dunk po dunk mom and pop place and uh, I guess and here's the interesting thing because I just heard this this past week but there was an additional company that was involved with Hillary Clinton's servers like there's more than one server that's keeping track of this or stuff back it up in the cloud correct this is the beauty of this scandal Ed and that's why I couldn't have come up with something this good it's the gift that keeps on giving it gets worse. 
every week. Uh, there's a new twist to this thing. And here's the interesting thing, too, that I don't know if anybody's really drawn attention to this, but whoever it was that announced that Hillary Clinton's emails were scrubbed. And again, I'm not a technical person. I'm not a computer person. I get the idea, though. Scrub meaning just absolutely just annihilated beyond any kind of recognition. So that's what we were told, right? That it was scrubbed. Yeah, they, uh, they, I, I think that's called reformatting the hard drive. So they scrubbed it. They wiped it clean. Right. So in other words, it would make the information unretrievable. Correct. That's what, that's what the layperson would. Right. Think. But now what we're being told is that no, it wasn't scrubbed. They've got a server that's got all kinds of stuff, thousands of emails. So it's almost like Hillary or somebody thought this stuff was gone, but now it's not gone. Exactly. So, so like I explained before, like uh, with Wholesale Capital, we have WCCLoans.com. So where's where is that? I don't really know. We have a bunch. Of, we have a whole room full of servers in our building. But how does that work? We we contract with some internet service provider who actually ha- has all our stuff and does all our uh, all our uh, spam spam filters and all that stuff. And it happens somewhere else in the country. And then of course uh, our new IT guys are are putting stuff in the cloud and I say, well, where's our data go when it's a sunny day? I don't know where that cloud stuff is, but it's everywhere. It's everywhere. There's all kinds of places. So you can wipe off the hard drive, but it's somewhere else too, because guess what? You, there's some other computer that's backing this stuff up. And, uh, and if you want to find out where it is, you know, those FBI guys, those pesky FBI guys, they just have these computer guys that know how this stuff works, whereas apparently Hillary Clinton doesn't know because, uh, what do you mean, like wipe it with a cloth? My, my, guess is, my guess is that it can't be good news to Hillary Clinton to find out that, you know what, that stuff wasn't scrubbed after all. She's got to be like, oh, that's not good news. Um, and, you know, it's got to be, I, I mean, I really actually feel for some of the workers on her campaign, it must feel like, like being a passenger aboard the Titanic. Right now, because it's going down, Ed. Oh yeah, it it's is going down. <laughs> the, and the good thing, and the good thing is with the uh, with the apparently one of the guys in the in I don't know if it's Platte River or the other company that that backs up on the cloud uh, told somebody this week that um, someone from the they were instructed by somebody and who else would be able to instruct them to stop backing up stuff so basically basically uh they want them to to wipe stuff off the memory wipe stuff off the memory since they've been subpoenaed for the information right and did you see the response of one of the employees of the company uh basically said look it looks like there's some shady and i can't use the word but excrement. I'll use excrement going on here that yeah was, that's that, that, that was from one of the employees yeah, so it's it comes down to it, you know what? If if you're gonna if you're gonna be doing some shady excrement, if you're if you're not a good guy, if you're you're doing business, if you're not a good guy, you know when it when it all comes down to this, and this is the same thing I say say when uh, when they talk about stuff that goes on in real estate, you know what? You know you try to you you when it, when it all comes down to it, hey, the borrower did this, oh, the buyer did it, oh, the seller did it. When it all comes down to it, when the, when somebody files a lawsuit, they put every single person in the in the in the room and they shine the bright lights on the buyer, the seller, the buyer's agent, the seller's agent, the lender, the title person, the escrow person, the appraiser, everybody, and they shine the bright lights on them and said, yeah, who did it? And guess what? The people that the people start pointing their fingers, and you know, 
no one's go- no one's going down for anybody else that they're, they're not going down alone so you know i always just say hey just be honest do things right you don't have to have a good memory you don't have to worry about what's going to what what kind of skeletons are out there so uh so far it's worked pretty good for me in business well yeah and me too um and coming back to hillary clinton i would say you know what it's one thing if she was likable but she's not it's another thing if she was funny but she's not. So that's really kind of hard to fall back on. So now you're pretty much looked at as a liar who's not funny and unlikable. And that's just kind of a deadly combination for somebody running for president. And now they're bringing up the Whitewater stuff from 22 years ago. Oh, nice, nice. So, so then it puts the Democrats in a really tough situation because Joe Biden doesn't seem to want to run. Uh, he hasn't jumping in, and I almost think it's getting to be a little too late because he can't raise any money or put together an organization. Uh, you have Bernie Sanders, who's a schmuck, who likes waving his hands around as he's telling everybody how great socialism is. Uh, I, I remember it used to be insulting to be called a socialist. Wasn't it insulting to be called a socialist? Uh, yeah, it was until uh, we elected one. Well, yeah, I know we've had we had almost eight years of socialism right now. And by the way, I know a lot of people throw out that term like socialism. You're a socialist without really knowing what they're talking about. I actually pulled it up, uh, pulled up the definition in the uh, on the online on the computer. And basically socialism is any of various economic and political theories advocating collective or governmental ownership and administration of the means of production and distribution of goods, a system of society or group living in which there is no private property. And then finally, they say a stage of society in Marxist theory, transitional between capitalism and communism. So this is what we have to look forward to on the Democrat side. Uh, yeah. And uh, and what and just in case anybody wonders if if there's going to be any attempt to try and pull some some shady excrement off to try and pull this election off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another clip cool. of uh, hidden cameras. Your favorite, your favorite guy from uh, the, uh, what's his name? James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe. Yep. Did a. Uh, Hidden camera of the campaign staff in Nevada, not only skirting election law, by, uh, but mocking it. Christina Gupana, a Hillary, can- uh, Hillary campaign worker and Las Vegas attorney, was caught by Project Veritas, that's James O'Keefe, an action journalist, advising her fellow campaign workers to get voters to register Democrat and commit to voting for Hillary. Do whatever you can, she said. Whenever you can get away, whatever you can get away with, just do it. Let's play the clip. This is Christina Gupana a Las Vegas attorney and campaign worker. She helps manage the Clinton campaign's voter registration drive. Do whatever you can. Yeah. Whatever Whatever you can get away with, just do it until (laughs) you get kicked out, like totally. We found Hillary campaign workers violating voter registration laws in Nevada by being openly partisan during registration efforts, and they knew it was against the law. So you're center right, center left? I would say Hillary's a girl. You should go for a Democrat. But you, I can't tell you to do one or the other. Yeah. That's not my job, so I'm going to let you decide. Definitely don't want Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't want Donald Trump. You know what? I was uh, Don and I were walking through New York uh, uh, right before the 2012 elections. And uh, we walked from... Uh, from Times Square, or t- for two Times Square from Ground Zero, and we walked through. Uh, I think it's Greenwich Village, and uh, there was a bunch of college kids out there demo- uh, uh, registering people. Hey, are you registered to vote? And that's all they had were Democrat Democrat uh, forums. I said, No, I, I I've got a brain. I don't need to re- register Democrat. And uh, and the Democrats will do anything like that, and they get the the young kids, the uninformed and the misinformed, the the young the young minds that don't know any better to uh, get involved in that. And uh, it's. It's sad, and we've talked about a lot of sad stuff today, Scott. Yes, we did, but I don't feel sad, Ed. 
I feel happy. Uh, yeah. I feel, I feel kind of. <laughs> Hillary's happy. going down in flames. I'm Ex- happy. Exactly, and uh, we got a we got a uh, a. Uh, are you gonna be, you're going to be back from Israel before the uh, the testimony, right? Well, actually, I'm leaving on the 20th. Going to be back on the 29th. I'm going to miss it, unfortunately. Maybe I can watch it over uh, there. You can watch it over there too. Yeah. Hey, we're out of time. We're out of time for this episode of the main event. Scott, thanks for joining me this week. My pleasure, Ed. And uh, for those of you out there, my name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.